Man, what's going on? This is your boy DJ94 back with another episode. Man, it's the weekend. It's almost over. I looked up. It was Saturday. I had to work a 16-hour shift, so that kept me from doing that NFC South prediction video. But you know what? I'm going to give y'all a treat today. I'm going to give y'all three videos back to back to back to back. I'm going to be on my Drake back to back. Yeah. <laughs> back to back. Y'all already know what it is. But look, man. I, my apologies. I know I've been BSing on y'all with these videos. I'm going to try to get three out today. Um, for my power fans, I'm waiting for this episode. And then I got, I'm got i going to crank out two videos to be posted uh, Monday evening. And then I'm going to get caught up on that before Wednesday. Probably don't disclose, disclose on what I said just then because it probably won't happen until somewhere around the ballpark of, you know, two days from then. You got to say put like plus two behind my promises because they seem not to really pan out. But we're going to talk this episode for y'all about the NBA Eastern Conference predictions. My, my takeaway from the postseason, what these teams were last year and what these teams were going forward this year. And also, we were also covered today the NBA West, what LeBron's move to the, uh, the Lakers means, what Boogie Cousins to Golden State means, what uh, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan's move to the Spurs does for that team, how I think they rank out. So we're going to take a look at all that today. And for my football fans, don't don't sit tight. I'm still going to be weary and keep my promise of giving you guys two teams per week. Uh, so we're going to cover the NFC South uh, after the first week of preseason games. Also coming into next uh, last year's standings is one of the tougher conferences in the association of the NFL. And where I think these four teams stack as, as opposed to this year. So sit tight, man. We got the song of the week for y'all along with some ass. Also, man, I heard that I heard that anchor trying to cut a check for support. So look. Do me a favor. If you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who really interested in sports, really interested in basketball, really interested in football, really interested in anything sports, send them my way because I'm trying to get this check off of Anchor. You know what I mean? And also, I'm trying to support others so they can get their check because we can all go get this money together. But you already know what it is. Sit tight. We'll be right back with the song of the week and a message. And then we'll get dive right into the Eastern Conference for y'all. Sit tight. Man, what's good, Talk That Ish family and podcast family? This is your boy, DJ94, better known as David Johnson. Hey, man, just asking y'all for y'all support, man. I greatly appreciate those who have supported me so far on my journey. I'm only trying to get better. But I would greatly ask if you like what I'm doing or if you appreciate everything that you've heard here on this podcast, don't just stop here on the podcast. Please connect with me on my Instagram at underscore underscore dj94 underscore underscore it'll be greatly appreciated i look forward to talking if you want to dm me if you want to comment under me if you don't agree with me if you hate me if you can't stand me if you love me if you like me if you think i'm weird let me know because it's all beneficial to the show and it's all to make the show better thanks and enjoy the show and we're back with some more talk that is this is your boy dj94 Man, I left y'all. I said we're going to talk about some NBA today. We're going to talk about some NBA today. Got a lot of it to talk about. But try to make this about 15 to 20. You know, try to keep it short. You know, short and brief to the point. I'm going to give a demo, demographic about, like, pretty much my, my opinion on how the East is going to stack up this year with all that has happened from the draft to the trades to the drama to uh, the loss of money to all the sacrifices that has happened. It seems like... Now that this is a testament to how great LeBron is. Now that LeBron has moved west, these teams are like 
making move after move. After, I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers just got Sam Decker. I mean, uh, Milwaukee's making some move. Um, God, Mon- uh, Greg Monroe just went from the uh, Celtics to Toronto. That's a pretty interesting move. So these teams obviously are trying to go for it. Every team now sees now like, hey, you know, we got a shot to, to, to get to the to the conference finals because LeBron is no longer a part of this conference. So let's talk about it real quick. Let's let's uh assess where we were last year and talk a little bit about where how these teams stacked up and where we last were uh this past year. Hold on, give me a second cuz I just got I'm trying to pull this up on my phone. So it's going to take me one second. So we left off last year with the Raptors being your first seed, the Celtics being the second seed, the 76ers being the third seed, the Cleveland Cavaliers being the fourth seed, the Pacers being the fifth seed, the Miami Heat being the sixth seed, the seventh uh, seed going to the Bucks, and the eighth seed going to the Wizards. So as I said in numerous podcasts before, I think this is a three-horse race for the um, – for who's going to represent the East next year. But I think there's going to be some interesting dynamics that are going to happen with well, outside of the three teams that I think, which is the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Toronto Raptors. The, the dynamic of the conference to be great outside of those is substantial. I think that we could even see some very entertaining basketball going into the uh, playoffs and for me as a basketball fan, I love it because it's the parity at least until we get to the finals with Golden State that we've been missing. I mean, we I think we had some great parity last year with uh, Cleveland looking like they were going to go home at any point um, in the on their playoff run, but just LeBron being that much better still at this stage in his career than the rest of the league in the East. So now that they're gone, every team has a vulnerable vulnerability that's been that can that can cause them to lose uh, rather than them being an overly favorite favorite team because of one player. Um, now, do I think the Raptors are going to be the first seed coming back because with the, um, with the addition of Kawhi Leonard? Um, that's to be seen. But ultimately, this is what, what my top eight looks like. And we're going to start with the eighth seed and we're going to go up. <clears throat> so my eighth seed next year... I have the New York Knicks getting the eighth seed. Reason being is because David Fisdale is your coach, and anywhere he goes, especially because he has a treat now, because I think he wasn't really given the fair chance to show what he can do in terms of development, because Memphis was a fairly older team, and then John uh, Connolly and and uh, all those guys like they were older. Um, Marcus is older. These guys are you know injury prone, so those are your franchise players from Memphis and. The deal was like these guys kept getting injured, and, they, and, and then on top of that, Memphis has some horrible contracts, which caused them not to be able to get anything else. So David Fisdale ultimately losing, and then them ultimately dismissing him the way they did, uh, it's, it's going to be their loss. And I think you know now that David Fisdale has a team in New York that could possibly land Jimmy Butler or Kyrie Irving next year, or another free agency we haven't mentioned yet that has been rumored to go there. Um, I think that he's playing with house money this year um, because you have a a borderline all star and Porzingis if he can stay healthy as your as your star. 
I do think that Kevin Knox and the addition of him will help that team substantially. And of course, you have Enos Cantor. You have, um, you know, another the uh, guy from France. I forget his name. Uh, from uh, as your point guard, and I think those guys are, are collectively are going to really show out. And I think that the New York, the New York Knicks can finally be able to make some noise in that Northern Division um, as a whole. I see them winning possibly, you know, anywhere between the ballpark of reasonably 41 to 43, 44 games. Reason being is because they're going to be a young team. And the reason why I think they're going to be an eighth seed is because Porzingis has got to prove something. Porzingis has a lot to prove as a player because ultimately we know how good he is. We know that he's the unicorn, but we question his durability. And the fact that they have the potential in New York, that is, to land some premier all-stars and to make themselves a contender next year, um, that could be pretty interesting if Kyrie Irving chooses to leave uh leave Boston and and ultimately if uh Jimmy Butler chooses to come to the East cuz I think he's going to leave the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves cuz he just doesn't like playing with um you know the laziness or lack thereof um that he has to deal with right now um and every every all uh, all his teammates that he's had to endure I mean don't get me wrong Carl Anthony Towns is a great talent but Many people, not just Jimmy Butler, have quoted him as being a lazy worker. Andre Andrew uh, Wiggins, the same way. A guy that's very lazy but talented at the same time. And that's that can be very frustrating if you're a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's not getting any younger. He, he's he's uh, approaching his 30s, and he wants to win now. So it's going to be interesting how that, that, that dynamic pans out. But ultimately, yes, I do have New York being your... Your eighth seed next year, I think they're going to win between 41 and 43 games, um, which is not far off because they were kind of they were they were borderline good with Michael Beasley as their centerpiece after Porzingis went down. And when they did have Porzingis, they showed that they could win some games. They went on a small win streak here and there. They were 29 and 53 last year, but you got to understand, take this into effect. They didn't have David Fizdale as their coach. Um, they don't ha- they don't have. Um, a horrible GM anymore, and ultimately they're they're in a better situation. I think David Fisdale is going to come in with a winning attitude and a culture that's going to be contagious, and they're going to be the team I think ultimately to watch next year. And with the East being so wide open, and them you know a lot of teams not yet being um, that type of team quite yet, um, I think that the Knicks have a great chance to get into the playoffs this year at the, as the eighth seed. My seventh seed. And this is going to be surprising to you guys. Um, my seventh seed is, is going to be the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, I think, unless they make a move, uh, they're pretty they're pretty much stuck in that first round exit, seventh, eighth seed spot because they they have enough talent. They have a nice gel of veterans and young pieces that can help them. I do think that they need to find a uh, a contract uh, that's better than Whiteside's because he gets exposed against the bigs like Joel Embiid, um, Giannis, uh, Porzingis when he's healthy. These are guys that expose Whiteside because Whiteside's not the type of center I think they need. 
I think they can go and try to see if they can get a guard that that's an upgrade from what they currently have, or even see if they can try to get an all star in return of uh, for a white side because he's just not fitting in with the Miami culture. However, people got to understand that Miami was that type of team even without D Wade. And even with the addition of D Wade, that made them a serious contender to compete some, but we never really imagined them getting out of the first. Um, out of the first round. And with an owner as legendary as the one they have in Pat Riley, I don't see them falling out of the playoffs because he would make a drastic trade or he would he would he would uh mix something up before he allows that to happen. So I do see the Miami Heat still being in the playoffs as your seventh seed. Uh for your sixth seed, I have the Detroit Pistons as your sixth seed. Um Oh, by the way, I see the Miami Heat. Sorry. I see the Miami Heat being around the same as they were last year. Borderline 45 win the team. Uh, yeah, that's enough. I mean, this is the East we're talking about. That's enough to get you a seven seed, honestly. Um, and I see New York barely getting in. Um, I also see at that seven spot, I see a Detroit Pistons. Excuse me, six spot. I see a Detroit Pistons getting in at that spot. Because, um, honestly, uh, I think with the addition of Dwayne Casey and the fact that they've already had a great team, they just needed to um, get some of their pieces healthy. And then you get a, you get Blake Griffin for a full year and with a great coach and Dwayne Casey. So I think that's the reason why they're going to ultimately be your seven, uh, your sixth seed. They're not going to be great starting out because they got to figure it out. And I think that they have to they're going to go through some adversity, of course. But of course, when you when you lose a coach like Steph uh, Van Gun, Coach Van Gundy, who used to be there, that hurts. But with the additions of people like um, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, and of course, you just had Reggie Jackson, and Reggie Jackson is the key here because he has to stay healthy for at least the majority of the season for these guys to be in that sixth seed. Um, Dwayne Casey has something he didn't have; he doesn't have a tremendous backcourt, but he does have a dominant front court. And I think that if Reggie Jackson can have an outstanding year, you can you can see Detroit being a very sneaky team that ends up, you know, beating some teams they're not supposed to be beating, and eventually getting eventually working their way up into that sixth seed. And the reason why, why I think that is because Dwayne Wade is a very excuse me Dwayne Casey is a very underrated coach. I mean, you can't. I know people look at his record against LeBron, but he can't be on the court guarding LeBron. Let's let's remember that during his days at Dallas in 2011, he was the defensive coach that was coming up with schemes to slow down LeBron that ultimately worked and won Dallas that championship. So I think he's going to bring a defensive and toughness to this team that, that Detroit really needs. And I think if Andre Drummond can continue to pull up, put up all-star numbers and Blake Griffin can be a reminisce of what he was in his prime, I think you, you're going to have a good Detroit team given uh, Reggie Jackson's health and if he can stay healthy. Um, as I look down their roster, I also like, you know, I like some of their, their, uh, their potential bench um, Kay Felder is a pretty decent pickup for them. I mean, he can do something off the bench if they choose to go that direction. He had a pretty good stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers when he was there. He reminds me of like a Isaiah Thomas. He can get to the basket at will for his size and he can finish really good. And of course, you still have some size and some good length um, with Stanley Johnson uh, the addition of Zaza Pachulia um, to put some depth off the bench will help them. Um, the 
addition of Glenn Robinson is going to be a good uh, pickup for them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this team play under the toolage of a um, Dwayne Casey. So I think they, that team, I think Detroit finally makes the playoffs after some years. And they will be your sixth seed in the uh, in the East. Excuse me. West. East. Um, for the fifth seed, uh, I have the Washington Wizards. Um, I think the Washington Wizards took a step up with the addition of Dwight Howard. He's a better mobile big man than what Gortat was. And now that you got rid of that awful contract and the awful vibe that he was giving and getting in the weight, uh, in the locker room, I think it does well for everybody to, 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 to do that. Um, now my only question with Washington and, and what stands in the way, and again, this is just my prediction, but if this is. You know, if some things go wrong, borderline, they can be a fifth seed. If the chemistry in the in the locker room can work, because ultimately, I think if Washington does not make the playoff or they disappoint and become like a sixth seed or something because of a bad start to the season, which they've been awful at the last year, getting off to a decent start in the earlier in the season and having to put pressure on themselves. Uh, you know, weeks before the All Star break and and must win situations after the All Star break. I think if they can't figure it out, then I think you have to break the band up. I think you, I think someone has to go. It either has to be Bradley Bill or it has to be John Wall. Most likely it's going to be Bradley Bill. You have to break that crew up and go find something else because you've had this core together for a while. You're cash strapped because you you know you signed um, you know Porter Porter to a good uh, lengthy contract. You just signed Dwight Howard to a lengthy contract, and you already had to pay Ubre and, and these other uh, bench pieces that they had uh, while letting some uh, pieces go over the years to sustain your 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 seven starters and, and bench pieces that you have coming into the game. So ultimately, I think if Washington can't get to at least the fifth seed this year, given that the the East has changed substantially, then I think that. You know, you got to look some other directions and you have to consider some other things. Or even if it doesn't work out before the uh, All-Star break, you got to make a trade to try to get something in return um, before Bradley Bill's uh, contract lets up. Or you got to make a drastic move that's going to put you in the best situation to win. So just a reminder, I have the, as my eighth seed, I have the New York Knicks seventh seed. I have... The Miami Heat, sixth seed, I have the Detroit Pistons, and my fifth seed is the Washington Wizards. So those are all the away teams that have to go and will probably be eliminated in the first round, honestly. Um, I'm giving maybe the um, Washington Wizards a chance. We'll see. Um, But I, I don't know. We'll see there. All right, so that brings me to my top four. And I noticed I haven't said... The Pacers, I haven't said the Milwaukee Bucks. And you know what? Let's substitute. Um, God, just I kind of messed that up. Now that I think about it, because I didn't think about I had to, I just completely forgot about those two when I was thinking about the Eastern Conference. Let's uh, let's substitute New York. I think New York is going to be on the bubble. They're going to be dumped, bumped down to nine. Sorry, being disrespectful. That leaves the Miami Heat at the eighth spot. Um, I have the um, 
I have the Detroit Pistons at the seventh spot. I have the the Washington Wizards at the sixth spot. And coming in at number five, sorry, y'all. I had to really think up through that through. I'm doing this on the fly from my opinion, but I had to, I was like, man, no, no Pacers, no, yeah. So um, coming in at my uh, fifth spot is going to be It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I think them, I think they take a step up from where they were last year. Um, but it's all predicated on Thon Maker's improvement. And if um, Giannis can get a proper jump shot, that's going to be suitable for him. Um, I think he's the best, one of the best players in the East. But we got to see what he does and we got to see what he, uh, how he's going to adapt given the new people that are coming in. So I have them as my fifth seed. My um, fourth seed is going to be the, go to the uh, Indiana Pacers. I think they take a step up because they're going to be the best team in their division. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers are obviously taking a step back. Um, I think the Detroit Pistons will be right behind them. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I think the, the Pacers will be uh, winning more games in their division than they have in the past. And also, I think they'll be able to give uh, some teams some trouble with the improvements of of uh, Turner, who's been putting in some work over the summer, and uh, the continued uh, evolvement of, of Victor Oladipo, who has seemed to be putting in some great work over the summer to become an MVP caliber player in the near future. So I think that he was the most improved last year, but I think that Victor Oladipo, I'll give it about two years of being conversation for MVP. And to me, like this will be a, a, a podcast for another day, but we got to talk about Russell Westbrook, the Russell Westbrook effect on certain players, because how, how Reggie, Reggie Jackson, how Kevin Durant, how Victor Oladipo look away from Westbrook should tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Westbrook's, I don't know if it don't work this year and, and PG's not putting up his type of numbers. He's supposed to be putting up. I'm going to look at him type uh, kind of sideways a little bit. So, yeah, I have the Pacers being your first seed. They'll be able to win against the the, the weaker teams, of course. Um, they'll be. They, I mean, I'm sure that they'll split with some teams, but they'll have a better shot to win a lot more games. Um, I have them being like a a 48 to 51 win uh, team because the Pacers are going to win more games in their division and they're going to they're going to be able to, you know, run the table with some of the teams in the East and the West because, you know, some of these teams, I mean, let's be honest, they're not ready to compete right now. Brooklyn not ready to compete right now. They're they're moving some pieces to uh to, you know, form a salary uh some salary cap uh for the 2019 summer to try to see if they can get some free agents. They're not trying to compete right now. So teams like that, Orlando, I mean, they just put picked up Mo Bamba, but I mean, let's be honest, that's that's really the highlight of what they have. I don't see them being too much of a threat uh, this upcoming year. Charlotte, no, I don't think they they they've lost too much, and Jordan doesn't know what the hell he he's doing with that organization. Like, I'm like. Yeah, you got Tony Parker, who's like way out of his prime. He can still play some, but I'm like, yes, no. Um, so that's my my fourth seed, and of course, this is my third seed. Uh, my third seed is going to be the Toronto Raptors. They're going to win 55 games next year. Um, my second seed is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I believe they're going to win 56 games. And I think the pull-away favorites, obviously, will be the Boston Celtics. Um, they'll be your first seed. And the magic number to hit in the East to be the first seed will be 60 games. The reason why I think uh, the Boston Celtics will win 60 games is because they have depth, A. They have uh, 
three capable point guards that will be playing. So minutes will not be high for Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, or Terry Rozier. And you have the option if you're Brad Stevens to put Terry Rozier and to have a start a starting lineup to kind of mimic a death lineup that Golden State has with with uh, your starting five being this: Terry Rozier, Tatum, Brown, Kyrie Irving, and Gordon Hayward. Now, I think with those five, that's a great offensive unit. Um, I think they're very capable of playing defense as well. Um, with Tatum being on the floor, that stretches out the floor, and that creates a very, very lethal starting five that I think that you know Brad Stevens will eventually play with during the season. Now, of course, with, with all that, those, uh, with how much depth they had, if it was any coach outside of Brad Stevens, I would be concerned. But because you have Brad Stevens as your coach and that he's doing things that's really going to take this team to the next level, I think that it's going to really bide well and it's really going to roll over and buy into the people from last year who were taking those shots and feel like they're superstars or stars to say that now we're after a championship and there will be no egos on this team. I think they have the system. They have the pedigree. They definitely have the rings to get people to buy into that system. And I think with, you know, obviously you have people like Kyrie Irving who you don't know will be there next year or not. And because of that, I think that people like Terry Rozier will take the backseat because if if Kyrie Irving does go next summer, you have your insurance policy with signing Rozier to a long-term deal and re-signing and keeping Brown and Tatum, who have been on the chop. Well, excuse me, more so Brown has been on the chopping block than others. But I think that that's insurance to keep him. And Gordon Hayward is with the team for the next three years. So obviously, I think this is a good situation for the Boston Celtics to be in. They're the favorites, and you, you can't dispute that with giving the team and the talent they have, as, as well as their coach. You're talking about a coach that essentially went and won with some bench players in like two starters last year with Brown and Tatum. Um, uh, excuse me, with Brown and Horford being your original starters and everybody else having to kind of come in and play a role. Brown becoming a full starter, Tatum becoming a full starter, and Terry Rozier becoming a starter. Those guys are going to, with the experience they had from last season, taking LeBron James to seven games and essentially falling is going to really help them and bide well with some with some close battles that they're going to have against these teams and also being able to rack up a lot of wins against the more elite teams in the, in the West with their death and them being able to continuously attack you. I think when you have Brad Stevens as your coach and especially a Kyrie Irving and a Gordon Hayward, a Jason Tatum and a Brown and a Horford as your starting five, um, or excuse me, having a, yeah, Kyrie, Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Horford as your starting five. That's a very lethal starting five. And even your your bench your bench starting five is going to be lethal because you're going to have Terry Rozier, uh, Marcus Smart. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of great guys who are going to really help you and contribute. And this team is going to be really hard to beat and really hard to match up with, with how Brad Stevens runs it. Um, I have the 76ers coming in second. This is just predicated and only predicated on if Markel's false jump shot has improved, if not any, because Markel Fultz, his his jump shot's got to be better because Ben Simmons can't shoot. So if Markel Fultz can give you 15 to 18 a night, that's going to substantially help and be the assurance policy for if Ben Simmons lays an egg or if, or if teams game plan to clog the post up so that he can't uh, he can't drive to the basket and get easy layups or easy dunks or easy uh, 12 feet shots that he's comfortable shooting. Um, eventually, Ben Simmons has got to get a jump shot. I know he's uh, there's been some rumors circulating around that 
him and Joel Embiid have been butting heads about you know his progression and his style and there's been rumors going around as well I'm not sure how true they are that Ben Simmons has been thinking about playing along LeBron James in the near future I don't know if that is true don't kill the messenger but that's just what I've heard out here on these uh on these uh dirt sheets and, and some of the rumored reports on bleacher reports now i know people laugh at it but these are the same folks that said that kd wouldn't go to golden state and people are like nah that'd be overkill i'd be overkill well you see he's wearing a, 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 a golden state jersey he's been wearing that jersey for the last two years going on his third year with the team so it's gonna be pretty interesting how we look at this team and how we see it but ultimately i think that this uh this team with the addition of markel salts uh, uh markel faults and J, uh, JJ Reddick and, uh, you know, Sarks, Sark, um, all those guys. And also having a guy like Robert Covington as a good defender and uh, uh, Wilson Chandler that can come off the bench for you and that's been proven. It's really going to help this team. Um, and it's going to help this team progress a lot more and and get really be able to put some size because this team is very big. Joel Embiid, seven feet um Ben Simmons is seven feet. I think the shortest guy is Markel Fultz, and I think he's like six three or six four. Joel Embiid's a, a definite seven one. JJ Reddick six foot four. Uh, Dario Saric, you know, well over six eight. Um, you know, Robert Covington six eight. You know, these guys are huge, so they they're definitely going to be tough uh, when they play teams because they're going to be able to be a great defensive team because of the length and the ability to uh, to clog up passing lanes and be able to protect the rim. My only question for them is Ben Simmons and how much he's improved in his offseason because if he comes back as the same draft-to-the-basket dunk guy, teams are going to have now seen that for a year and they're going to be able to adjust and be able to slow him down a lot more, make him look a lot more amateurist than what he looks now. So I think that that's something that uh, could be possible. I see um, the... Uh, 76ers winning perhaps 55, 56 games next year, being about four games, five and a half maybe behind Boston because ultimately they're going to run through the East. They should with with these guys getting an, yet another year older. And the fact that LeBron chose the Lakers, and I think that Joel Embiid and Ben Summons now have to develop and be that guy, be the guys they're supposed to be. I think Markel Fultz now has something to prove. All these guys have something to prove now. Can Joel stay healthy? Can Ben Simmons uh, shoot and be the guy he's supposed to be. Can uh, Markel Fultz be get his swag back that he had at Washington? You know, can Robert Covington recover from his uh, disappearance act that he did in the playoffs where you couldn't stick this guy with anybody because he was getting exposed defensively? So I think everybody's going to come back more hungrier and it's going to be more fight and more pride in, in Philadelphia as it was in the past. And I think that's how you're going to see this team go win about 55 to 56 games next year. Um, the reason why I put the Raptors as your third seed, I know everybody's like, what? They were the first seed last year, but here's the problem. Even though you're adding Kawhi Leonard, these are three things. There are three things that are in question with Kawhi Leonard and the reason why I think they're going to only win maybe 54 or 53 games next year. For one, they're going to get off to a slow start because it takes time for your star who just came in, who just came off an injury, to go on the floor and replicate what he was a couple years back when he was, the one, to me, the second greatest player in the world on both ends of the floor. Um, it's going to take a minute to replicate that because he hasn't played basketball in a year. And two, we don't know the substantial of that injury, whether it's it's going to be something that's going to nag him as he's ready to play. He did not show face at the USA basketball uh, pra uh, practice against 
uh, for Greg Popovich. So it makes you curious as to if it's his uncle pulling the strings behind closed doors or if he's really hurt and just trying to worry about therapy and being ready for opening day uh, against whoever they have. So the Raptors are going to be a pretty interesting, uh, interesting deal. Uh, this year and how they get out. I think they will be successful, but it's going to be predicated on Kawhi's health and also how much this team has, has improved and how much, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard can make people better other than himself. I think he has to, you know, come in. He's going to come in obviously slow, which is why I think Toronto is going to get off to a pretty slow start. Um, not that slow that they'll miss uh, a B from where they were last year, but slow enough to where they'll probably dip down two spots from where they were. And if you look up, if you look matchup wise, I mean, third seed's not bad. That gives them a probable, uh, probable, a uh, probable situation to perhaps get back to the finals or at least be in the mix in the conversation to be in contention contendership for the Eastern Conference bid. So here's my my final eight before I let y'all go with all with all the reasons I stated above in this uh, conversation about my predictions for the East. I have at my eighth seed, I have the I will say okay. So honorable bubble teams, I have. The Knicks and I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers would be the tenth seed. I think they they have the ability to win thirty five to thirty eight games. I think that um, New York Knicks will be forty one and forty one or something like that. They'll win a lot of games, but they also lose a lot of games because they're young still. But that's a win in their book because they're trying to prepare for the twenty nineteen season and they're hoping that they can get Kyrie Irving away from the Boston Celtics, and they're also hoping that Jimmy Butler comes along with them with him um, to form the next super team with Porzingis. Uh, Kevin Knox, um, Kyrie Irving, and also a Jimmy Butler coming in trying to win. Now, these guys have voiced in the past they've been trying to play and with each other, and they and they want to keep that same energy as they go forward in their careers. So just to recap, y'all, about where, where I think the East is going to stand next year, I have the Heat being your eighth seed. I have the Detroit Pistons being the um, the seventh seed. Uh, your six seeds gonna belong to sorry I have to I have to go back and make sure I'm saying this correctly give me one second this is why we write things down David ah okay your six seed I had the bucks. Your fifth seed, I had the um, Washington Wizards. Your fourth seed, I have the uh, Indiana Pacers. Third seed, I had the Raptors. Your second seed, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. And your first outright seed in the East will be uh, your Boston Celtics. Um, who do I have coming out the East next year? Um, I think it's a lot closer than what people realize because I think that you know, the Philadelphia 76ers want the Boston Celtics badly. Whether they have Kyrie Irving or whether they have Gordon Hayward, you're going to see some battles. Um, I do think it's a toss-up between the Raptors and the uh, the the Boston Celtics and the 76ers. So I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say the pers- the team representing your, uh, being your Eastern Conference champions and also representing uh, the East, surprisingly. 
I'm going to go and say it's going to be the Boston Celtics next year. Uh, reason being, it's a safe pick because with the right with the Raptors, I have to see what Kawhi Leonard's health is and if he'll be a shade of himself or if he'll actually be even better because of the year he took off. And for the 76ers, I still don't think that they're ready to represent the East quite yet because, you know, Markel Fultz has got to improve. I think that the questions of if Joel Embiid can stay healthy all season and through the playoffs will be the question because he's had some knickknack injuries and he seems to be a glass house that walks and is built. So I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. That's who I have for the East, and just for the reasons I've stated, uh, highlighting these teams. Again, I have your Miami Heat at the eighth spot. I have the Detroit Pistons at the seventh spot. I have the Milwaukee Bucks at the uh, sixth spot. I have the Washington Wizards at the fifth spot. I have the uh, Indianapolis Pacers at the fifth spot. Excuse me, at the fourth spot. I have the uh, Toronto Raptors at the third spot. The um, Philadelphia 76 at the second spot, and the Boston Celtics at the first spot. So that's my Eastern Conference. I have the Boston Celtics winning outright and being a representative for the uh, for the East. With them ultimately, uh, I actually have the Boston Celtics beating the Gold State Warriors next year if they make it to the uh, Western Conference. But we'll preview that a little later when I get back home uh, from from work. Um, so, so near the uh, upcoming episode, we're going to have the West preview tonight. Um, I will try to see if I can get the NFC, uh, South video out to you guys so I can keep that promise as well. So if you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, let me know that too. If you think I'm absolutely crazy for my, my, uh, top eight, even though I corrected myself cause I was almost about to leave the Pacers out. Uh, um, just let me know, but I, I think the East is going to be pretty fun. I think you have a lot of teams that are hungry, and um, you have Victor Olandipo. Like the 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 dynamic in the East is going to be refreshing because you have a lot of teams that are hungry. I think the there are going to be some upsets if teams are not careful, and I think that there could be some pretty interesting matchups, especially in the first and second round, um, that are going to battle test the likes of Boston. Uh, you know, Toronto and Philadelphia because teams understand that those are the teams that we're looking at now and they're going to have the same pressure that LeBron had on him last year heading into the playoffs and and they they we've seen teams fold on that playoff so teams are very vulnerable now to lose so just because Jalen Brown comes out and say well we got we got the team to win outright there's no question we're going to go to the finals next year uh, even though I'm saying that they'll go to the finals, I'm saying let's just kind of pump the brakes and respect all of our opponents because with that attitude, um, he, we could be seeing the Boston Celtics go home if they're not careful and also if, the, if they're not executing properly. But that's my Eastern Conference prediction for you guys. That's what I think is going to happen next year in the East. Like I said, if you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, let me know. Follow the kid on Instagram at underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore. Again, that is at DJ94, underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore. Hit a brother up. Also, man, support the chat, man, because I'm trying to get this payday. If you haven't seen Anchor, if you're a fellow podcast, Anchor has sent out an email stating that they are now starting to cut that check now for how many viewers you get. So please support. If you want me to support your channel, simply let me know or simply leave me a message saying, hey, I'm a podcast person. Um, I do I do this, blase, blase. I'll listen because it's all about supporting each other to support other people uh, who are trying to do some positive things. So as always, it's been your boy, DJ94. 
with Talk That Ish. We're going to be back a little later to talk about the West and what I think is going to happen out that way. As usual, this has been your boy. You've been listening to Talk That Ish right here on Anchor. Well, until next time, deuces.